folks, it's uh, Luke chapter 5, if you'd like to turn to that. Okay, what are you there? Uh, the title of the talk is The Children's Bread. And we're going to look at Luke chapter 5, pick it up in verse 17. And it says, And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law uh, sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and uh, Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a uh, um, sorry, and behold, men brought in a bed, a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought by uh, means to bring him in and to lay him beside uh, before him. And when they could not find by what which way they might bring him in, because of the multitude, they went up on the housetop and let him down through the tiling uh, with his couch into the mist before Jesus. And when he saw uh, their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Okay, so remember that story, right? And we go to Matthew 15. All right, remember what happened there. All right, Matthew 15 and verse 22. Looking at the children's bed. Uh, verse 21 even. Uh, it says, Then Jesus went uh, and departed in the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples uh, came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not me to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. And then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, uh, be it unto thee, even as thou will. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Okay, then two stories we looked at there. hope you can remember the first one. Uh, very similar in many ways. Um, they both talk about healings and people desperately seeking the Lord and searching the Lord diligently out for, for a healing. Story in Luke talks about a man that was sick, uh, so sick that he was carried on a bed through the town, and they lifted him through the roof to actually see the Lord. Uh, I reckon it probably would upset the man who owned the place, but they didn't care about that. They were just determined, weren't they, to get to the front and to see Jesus. Now, they could have been discouraged when they got to the house where Jesus was, looked around at them, and couldn't even get anywhere near it. They could have thought, this is absolutely ridiculous. Let's just go home. We're not ever even going to get near there. And the same thing with the woman of Canaan. She came to see Jesus Christ, and she was sent away by the disciples, and really, if you think about it, also by Jesus as well. You know, what would you do if you were in that situation? Could you handle that? You know, you go up to the disciples and want to sort of see Jesus, and they send you away, and then the Lord turns around and says something to you, and you might think to yourself, wow, that's it. You know, could you handle that? Could you take that rejection? Would you trundle off home and forget it, you know? Forget that you came to seek the Lord for a healing and go home and tell your daughter or your husband or your wife or whatever, I couldn't do anything. You know, I went to see the master, but I couldn't get there. Or he sent me away or whatever. You know, there is nobody there to help you. But in both those situations we looked at, that wasn't the case, was it? Nothing was going to get in those people's way. Nothing or nobody was going to stop them from seeing the Lord. It's a bit like a, a tornado, really, weren't they? They were there, they had one thing in mind, to see the Lord, and nothing was going to stop them from getting into their way there. And the Bible talks about, um, in another scripture, about uh, 
asking for things and asking for the Holy Ghost in particular. And it talks about um, uh, and gives a word called importunity. You probably know the scripture quite well, which means persistence. And these people, both cases, shamelessly and persistently sought out Jesus Christ. I reckon they were so determined to get what they wanted that even if the Lord was asleep, they'd have probably knocked at his door, you know, right the way through the night, waiting for the Lord to come down. They sought out the Lord because they really wanted a healing. In Luke, the first one we looked at, they lifted a man through the roof and put him right in front of where Jesus was. And when you think about it, if some guy's coming through the roof and you're there thinking, well, you know, this guy desperately needs a healing, doesn't he? You know? It's right in front of your face. The Lord could not miss him. And... Um, uh, I suppose perhaps the, the people that brought him there as well think to themselves, well, we lug this guy right the way through on this bed, right the way to see Jesus. We're not going to take him all the way back again. He's probably too heavy in that, you know. And for us, important thing to know there, if we need a healing lead, then let's do what those men did. Go right at the front and right before Jesus Christ and have importunity or persistence to go and see the Lord. You always have to put a football little... Uh, a uh, little ditty or something into a talk, don't you? You have to have that. Otherwise, it upsets Martin Gladys wherever he is. Where is he? Yeah. Around there. He likes a little football story. I was thinking about this, persistently seeking something, right? And uh, I remember about 20-odd years ago, I went to watch a, a football match. And um, at Chelsea, there's three entrances. The first one's the away one. The second one's a little tiny entrance. And the third one's the big one. And this particular day, I went with Dad. And um, it's a cup match. And we got there the usual time. And... Um, when we got there, we got to the little entrance, which is what we used to go down, and the crowd was right back, you know, right back almost to the road. I was thinking, well, this is going to take a long time getting down there. And it did, actually, took forever and a day. And this was the, the, the days before they, the Taylor Report, when everything was made safe and everything. And um, two things I remember about the match, right, uh, or the go- getting into the ground, is probably the um, thing that sticks in my mind most of all. Head and shoulders above everybody else. It's this great big tall guy. He must have been taller than Nick Ashton. And everybody was pushing forward, and you squash like sardines, and this crowd was swaying. I mean, this is before we even got into the game. And he was just had a, a book in his hand and was just reading this and was going with the crowd. Absolutely unbelievable. And um, the second thing that really sticks out in my mind was a, a policeman climbed up on top of the turnstiles, on the roof of the turnstiles, and he just shouted down to everybody. He said, look, just go home. He said, it's ridiculous. He said, um, you're never going to see the match. You won't even get upstairs into, to see anything at all. And there's people at the front that have got into the game. They want to come out, and, and you, they can't come out because you're trying to get in. And everyone just shouting down and threw things at him. And, but the, the point being, we were determined to see the match, and nothing was going to stop us. Not a policeman on a roof or anything there. And eventually we got in. Couldn't really see much, but we did get in there 20 minutes, half an hour late, persistently we wanted to see the football match. And we lost as well, which is a blow, but there you go. <laughs> Happens a lot in those days. Doesn't happen so much now. Anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, back to the story. The second story, the woman, okay, from Canaan was told that it was not her right. Okay, that was what the Lord said to her. Was that going to stop her? No way at all. I want my daughter healed. Even if I take of the crumbs, right? Even if I'm the lowest of the low, so be it. I want my daughter healed. And that was the number one thing that she wanted. If she had a wish list, 20 things that she wanted in her life, guarantee you that was the number one thing. And, of course, the Lord would have known this, and he wasn't really going to turn her away. 
but he was perhaps asking her and, and uh, sort of seeking out whether she really, really desired that. And boy, oh boy, she certainly did, didn't she? Once again, she pushed herself right to the front and right up to where the Lord was, where she could be seen. And the end of the story was really both situations, they both got what they came for, the healings that were going to set them free. The burdens that were troubling them were taken away. And Jesus Christ will always do that, as we know. He healed them and the promises that he will heal us as well. And he will never, ever, ever turn you away. He's never too busy. You don't have to wait for an appointment. Phoned up the doctors the other day looking for an appointment and they gave me something silly like two or three weeks away, you know. It's crazy, isn't it? But the Lord is always there. He's always there 24 hours a day and you don't have to make a, a booking or an appointment. Um, I always remember um, somebody used to pray for people at the front and they always used to use the, the, the prayer, something like, it is the children's bread. I thought, I wonder what that means, you know. It was, it was stunned me for a few weeks or so until I looked it up. But it means what we were just reading in this scripture here. It means it's our right to go and ask the Lord, to come forward and to say to the Lord, here am I, Lord, I need your help. I need this taken out of my life. I need a healing for this or whatever. We can come and we can expect Jesus Christ to heal us. All the people said, it is the children's bread to be healed and we are the children. And the lady in the story, she only expected to receive the crumbs or the leftovers that were dropped down from the table. But for her, that was good enough. When you think about it, how much more will the Lord then therefore give us the people that are his children and that have the Holy Spirit? It's bread and butter stuff, isn't it? Yeah, It's not cake and ice cream stuff. It's the basic needs. Nothing is too far out for the Lord to get. He doesn't. When you put a prayer request up to the Lord, he doesn't go away and scratch his head and think, Wow, you know, I don't know how to do that. You know, 1,500 and something, I've healed somebody of that. He doesn't think about those things. He hasn't got a book case up there where he has to go and seek out something and read that up and do it. He does it. He loves us, and he will give us healings. Healings, the Lord expects to heal us, all the people said. Okay, Mark chapter 10. Okay, it's uh, Mark 10, verse 46. And it says, and uh, they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great number of people, uh, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called, and they called the blind man, saying unto him, be of uh, good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garments, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What will that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Okay, another example of a healing. Another example where somebody could have been discouraged by it. Another example where somebody was persistent. And another example where the Lord healed somebody. Great, isn't it, yeah? And it was a regular part, of course, of the Lord's ministry. The Bible is absolutely full of the things the Lord did, healing people wherever he went, all over the place. Amazing healing. A blind man immediately healed. 
instantaneously. Yeah, I don't know how long he was blind for, maybe from his birth or whatever, but he was made whole that time he received his sight. And, um, you know, the world could offer this man nothing. All they did was just put him over in one side and leave him to beg from people for money. And that was perhaps the way he made his living. They had nothing new that they could offer him at all. The blind, or the blind people, the blind man, was expected to stay blind forever. But uh, like the first two stories again, we can see a situation where somebody was not going give to give in at all. They were crying out, and they were going to be persistent as well. And this blind man, Bartimaeus, had the cheek to cry out to Jesus Christ, didn't he? And ask him to be healed. It reminds me of um, the film Oliver. Have you seen this, the film Oliver? Yeah, everybody knows that one, don't they? Oliver, right, had the absolute cheek, didn't he, to cry out for more. Unbelievable. That one. I don't know what he got. He got some sort of horrible porridge or stuff, didn't he? Yeah, And he wanted more of that. And all he got for asking out for more was a clip round the ear, didn't he? Yeah, It wasn't really what he, I suppose he wanted there. But it's, it's sort of the, the point I'm trying to bring out there is that we can cry out for more as well. Elisha, didn't he? He actually asked a double portion of the Spirit. And he got that as well, didn't he? He had the cheek to ask for that. He shamelessly asked for more, like the blind man did. He shamelessly asked to see Jesus Christ, and he got what he desired, to see the Lord, and he got his sight back. And we can do the same as well, folks. It is the Lord's will to see us happy, healed, and walking along with the Lord, and guarantee you the Lord will not turn us away. Uh, John chapter 4. Okay, it's verse 46 of John chapter 4. And so, so Jesus came into the uh, Canaan of uh, Galilee, uh, where he made the water wine, and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. And when he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went uh, unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Uh, then said Jesus unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. And the nobleman said unto him, Sir, come down, come down here, and my child die. So Jesus uh, said unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the words that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Then inquired he of the hour when he began to uh, amend, and they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in uh, the which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and he himself believed, and the whole house. Uh, this is again the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of uh, Judea into Galilee. Okay, so once again, another man, another day, and yet another healing the Lord was able to perform. Once again, same situation again. Maybe this man could have been discouraged and gone away, but he too was desperately seeking uh, a healing for his son. And uh, sometimes when we come up against situations like that, maybe a life or death situation, that is when we really, really, really seek the Lord. And that is when we really press in. And I reckon that's when we get the victories and the healings. Sometimes, I've done this loads of times, when I've got a cold or something like that, you know, you just put up with it. You just have a cold and you go around like that. You maybe not even ask the Lord for a healing for that. And we just put up with those things. The important thing here was this man's persistence and determination again. He had just one thing on his mind again. He was focused in for his son to get a healing. And verse 50 says, uh, we'll just read that again. It says, Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. 
and the man believed what the Lord said. That was important as well, because you can get nowhere with unbelief. If that man didn't believe those things, then perhaps those things wouldn't have happened there. But eventually the news came through, the son, the son that you prayed for there, is alive and well. And straight away he asked, what hour did this happen? And it was exactly the time that he spoke to Jesus. And Jesus said he was going to be okay. And it resulted in the whole house seeing that miracle and believing the things the Lord said. They saw a miracle happen in their lives. And you know what? Miracles are the things that convict people, aren't they? I reckon all of us have had something happen in our lives, some miracle, something the Lord's done for us. Well, then, folks, let's use that. We've got a great testimony, every single one of us here, and we can tell others of the things the Lord's done. Miracles haven't stopped. They're still going on and on and on in our lives in uh, the, the years that we are now. And we can tell other people, we can tell each other even, can't we, to lift ourselves up. Perhaps at the fellowships, you know, our conversation should be on the things that the Lord does, you know, about things that Jesus Christ is doing. I mean, I love talking about football. You can talk to me at football about anything like that. But let's not forget the Lord. Otherwise, we actually forget healings that the Lord has done for us. I was saying to, um, or talking to Lisa the other day, and she's saying to me, do you remember the time Russell um, sprained his leg when he was about eight years old? I go, no, I don't remember that at all, you know. And uh, I mean, at the time, it's a big thing, but as uh, time goes on, you forget these things, don't you? And what actually happened there, he was about eight years old, and he sprained his leg, and the doctor said to us, well, he's going to be off uh, school for three weeks, months, something like that. And um, he was back at the school within three days, you know. The Lord had healed him, and yet I'd forgotten all about that one. And it's a great healing, isn't it? And that is what the Lord is doing for us. Each and every one of us, the Lord is healing us and uh, you know, improving our lives and uh, giving us victories and on and on and on. And yet sometimes we forget those things. Well, let's not forget them. Let's use them in our testimonies and let's use them to tell other people about the great, big, wonderful God that we've all got. All the people said. Acts 3, Acts chapter 3, verse 1. This is a story we all know really well. Good one anyway. It says, Then Peter and John went up together. Uh, into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter fastened his eyes upon him, with John said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give, give I thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered into uh, with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was uh, he which sat for arms uh, at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And the lame man which was healed held Peter and John. Um, all the people uh, ran together unto them in the porch, which is called Solomon's Greatly Wondering. And uh, when Peter saw it, he answered the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel at yet this, or why you look so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? And just going down to verse 16. And uh, his name, through faith in uh, his name, hath made 
this man strong whom you now see and know. Yea, the faith which is in him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I wot that uh, through ignorance you did it as did also your rulers. Now, this is, of course, the time when Jesus has gone back to his father. The Holy Ghost has been poured out in uh, Acts chapter 2, as we all know the story very well there, as it was promised. And the Lord was adding to the church daily. And the healings, did the healings stop from the Lord's time? No, they didn't. They carried on exactly the same. Scriptures say Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Peter and John had the chance to heal a lame man. Um, Once again, he looked for them for money, didn't he? That's what he was asking of them. Once again, the world had just pushed him to the side and and sort of left him there to uh, beg for money. But they gave him something a whole lot better, or better than money can ever give you. They gave this man back his health. The lame man was healed. And what they did, of course, they used it to show other people as well exactly what had happened. They were able to tell of the amazing healing power of Jesus Christ. You know, why marvel at these things, you know? Um, Once again, that's what we can do, folks, with our own uh, testimonies, our own healings. We too can tell people what the Lord's done for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we can do anything. There's a couple of songs uh, here. One is, I think Greg sings this one, it's Power in the Name of Jesus. And another one, In the Name of Jesus, We Have the Victory. We all know that one, don't we, yeah? And if we call on the Lord, it is the Lord's will to hear us and to give us the healings. Healings, miracles, signs and wonders, yeah? The Lord is able to do all of those things in our life. We're finishing Psalm 103. Okay, well, this Psalm 103, last uh, scripture, and we start in verse 1. It says, uh, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who uh, forgiveneth all thy iniquities, who had healed all our diseases, who redeemed thy life from destruction, who crowned thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfy thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle's. Uh, The Lord execute righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He hath made his ways, uh, sorry, he hath made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. And folks, what we have to do is just bless the Lord all the time. Remember him when things are good and when things are not so good, when we have the difficult times or the hard times. Let's just remember to praise the Lord continuously all the time, knowing that when things are even bad, right, and things are not going too well, that the Lord's got his hand upon them and they're going to get better. Let's not forget his benefits. Let's remember that he has forgiven our sins. Let's remember that he has redeemed our life from destruction. He's taken us out of the world and given us a new life. That he's crowned us with loving kindness. That he's made us young like eagles. That's a good scripture, isn't it, yeah? All of us are really young, aren't we, yeah? And of course, what we're looking at tonight, he has healed us, our hearts, our minds. He heals all of our diseases. And when you think about it, that's us, the children uh, of Israel, really spiritually is what we are. Um, We are his children and we don't have to crawl around and grovel around for the scraps or the crumbs that fall from the master's tables. We folks sit at the master's table and eat with him. It is the children's bread that we are healed. Let's not ever be discouraged 
like Oliver, let's ask for more. Let's seek the Lord for more. The Lord will heal us. Healings is what makes us different from the other churches. You know, the things that um, other churches don't agree with, you know, different things that come up. But two of the major things are tongues and healings, yeah? We get stick over that from so many churches, don't we? If you talk to the Jehovah's Witnesses about tongues and healings, they go into a panic, don't they? They hate you for saying those things, right? But it's what makes us different. Okay, we believe, we receive the Holy Spirit, we speak in tongues, we believe the Lord heals today. Other people think we're strange for saying those things. But that's what it's all about. It says that in the Bible. It says it in Mark 16. The Bible is true, and we, of course, hold to those things. It is, above all, the Lord's desire to see us happy and um, walking on with the Lord all the time. And we'll leave it there.